This is the Mindful Experiment Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Vic. Excited that you're here. This podcast is all about diving deep into the mind and understanding this experiment or this game we call life. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Ignite your transformation. Discover the keys to unlocking your inner power and manifesting a life of wholeness, abundance, success, and flow with the guidance of 50-plus luminaries, including your truly Dr. Vic. Join us for Beyond the Contrast, practical tools to shift into well-being, which the event is 100% free and online between January 29th and February 4th. The link can be found in the show notes. Join me as we dive deep into the concepts of overcoming this contrast and so much more. I look forward to seeing you there. Hey everyone, this is Dr. Vic and you're listening to another episode here on the Mindful Experiment. Excited to have you guys here and on. Um, First off, I hope you heard the ad prior to about an amazing event that's absolutely free. I just wanted to mention it again. You're going to hear it a couple more times throughout this podcast um, that I was one of the speakers of these 50 plus luminaries, amazing individuals like John Ariseth and many others uh, that are speaking at this event. Get registered. It's 100% for free. Check it in the show notes. It's right on top. Got the link. Click, get registered and enjoy this enlightening experience to really help you understand, to overcome the contrast of life and know how to have the tools to handle it during the dark times also. Enough on that. Let's talk about our guest today. Dr. Shivani was an awesome guest that we had on, and we talked a lot about Ayurvedic medicine, which is 5,000 years old. And it is something that helps us, you know, a, a tradition that is still existing today, which tells me they're doing something right. And what really we got into the different doshas, and we'll talk about what that is in the podcast. We talked about how it helps us connect back to nature and recenter ourselves and rebalance our energy and, and so much more and how it can help us. And then we talked a little bit about the power of turmeric, especially curcumins, and what it can do with inflammation and pain and be a source to help you. Um, I share that I take it myself um, for brain health and uh, longevity. And it's one of those things that you'll hear her share her company, why she does it, and so much more. And uh, I promise it's an enlightening conversation that we had. And I know you'll get a ton out of this just as much as I had some wonderful reminders um, that she shared for me. I was kind of picking her brain for myself here a little bit, but to um, how I can balance my own self, because I actually studied Ayurvedic medicine back when I was about 20 years old. And uh, it's very fascinating. I revisited it when I was in chiropractic school a little bit. So I do understand the basics of it all, uh, but nowhere near an expert level. And uh, so I know she brings it. I know you'll enjoy it. So without any further ado, here is Dr. Shivani Gupta. Shivani, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to have you on. There's a lot that you're doing that I love, and uh, I know it's going to be a fun one, and I just can't wait to pick your brain on Ayurvedic medicine and all that world. Um, it's it's just some really cool things, and I love the structure of it. And uh, before, we, But before we get into that, 
Can you tell us a little bit about how you got into what you're doing today? What's the journey? Sure. So I grew up in Houston, Texas, typical American kid in an immigrant family. And I'd go to India every year. Once we, my parents hit a certain level of success, we'd get to go back home to see cousins and grandparents. And I always saw so much death and destruction in my family. Like every year through high school, when I went, my maternal grandpa had a heart attack. My other one, which was really powerful was he had Parkinson's and he had a leg amputation. And I grew up watching my dad work so hard to like reverse chronic disease with his parents, which he did. But every time they went back to India, like we'd find all this devastation happening. And I remember thinking, what's the point of life if we're going to all work so hard, build great things? My parents were very successful entrepreneurs. So was their family only to end like this. Like, why is the last quarter of your life horrible? And so that set me on my path. And I became so passionate about health. I felt like I had to build my own immune system from scratch. I studied health. And then eventually post-college, I discovered Ayurveda. And I was like, dude, there's this whole system of medicine in India. And we could have lived by this the whole time. We didn't have to do all this stuff that you guys just unfolded in front of me. And then I became an evangelist. So I love to just teach Ayurveda to the world. I love it for the listeners. Tell us a little bit about Ayurvedic. What is it? Is what's the the philosophy behind it, and, and and so forth. Sure. So Ayurveda is an ancient system of health, healing, and medicine from India that's over five thousand years old, and it's this beautiful science of life. It's a way of living that brings body, mind, and spirit into alignment. In Ayurveda, we teach you how to detox, how to live in rhythm with nature. We teach circadian rhythm. We teach about self-care rituals that are to be performed every day, not just for self-hygiene, but for daily detoxing. And it's interesting because Ayurveda has its own diet, its own gut health protocols, sleep protocols. There's so much to it. It's like an entire system of medicine that's existed for 5,000 years. And we also lean a lot into our herbs and spices like turmeric and ashwagandha and teas and things that we know will help people get healthy. I love it. And it's only 5,000 years. I mean, it has to be, it's got to be doing something right if it's been around for that long. Yeah, it didn't die out. So <laughs> I love yeah. it. And so let's, let's, if you don't mind, we'll dive in a little here. So I know like when I got into studying Ayurveda, I love the doshas. I mean, it was just, it, it really summed it up for me um, from a digestive perspective and how I need to eat in a certain way. Um, and then I got into the mind aspect of it and I was like, oh, that explains a few things. All right, cool. I love it. Do you mind yeah. sharing a little about doshas and, and, and so forth? Sure. So the concept of dosha means your mind body constitution, what you individually are since birth. And so I have everyone take a dosha quiz. I have one on my website. And once you take it, you understand, are you vata, pitta, or kapha? So we have three main types. They're made up of the elements and everyone has a primary and a secondary dosha. And so when you take this quiz and understand from childhood, what you are, a vata person tends to be Thin and wiry. So physically, they have certain characteristics. They're thin, wiry, thin wrists, small bones, lightweight, usually. Their personality is kind of all over the place. So they tend to be like busy bodies. They're like energy buddies. They can just keep going and going and going. Um, they're also people who get easily distracted and tend not to finish their work. Like if they start a project, they'll, they're like ADD and they keep going. And then a vata person has certain health issues that they struggle with, like poor sleep, poor digestion, um, just because they're they're always in motion. And they have very much the wind and ether energy. That's the energies of a vata person. 
a bitha person is very fire. So I'm a bitha. A bitha person's like fire with some water flow element. But a bitha person's more medium body, red faced. They're like um, red hair. They tend to have early graying. A bitha person's also very fiery in their personality. They're ambitious. They're focused. They're driven. They're like entrepreneurial go-getter. But the negatives of the pitta is they tend to explode on people. They tend to call like volcanic eruptions and destruction in their lives if they're not managing themselves carefully and seasonally. But those can really cause some damage. And then we tend to have our own health issues. We tend to run inflamed, tend to have our own like struggles with our own bodies, but mainly inflammation and things like that. Because again, fire is overburning in the body. And then you have guffa. A guffa person is like big boned, stronger of the earth, curly, thick, luscious hair, rounder features. They're like your person who can lift heavier. Um, guffa person tends to be one thing at a time. Like their mind is very slow and steady wins the race. They tend to be very loyal and loving and caring, like fiercely caring about their people. And a guffa's health issues struggle with digestion being slow because they're very earth with water. And so they're like, if they get up off the couch, they got to get everything in done, life done because once they sit on the couch, they're not going to get up again. And so each of these doshas requires us to look at our lives and figure out what we eat, when we eat it, build a schedule, build a rhythm, live according to your seasons. And what's cool is once you know your dosha, you can leverage it. So I leverage my dosha to accomplish everything I want. And then I know all the pitfalls of my dosha. So I keep those in check and balance. And then I have a more like balanced life overall. And then knowing the, the dosha of your spouse, partner, or children can be very enlightening as well. I love that. And, and is there a difference, you know, do you go through and look at the dosha of the mind and the body? Because is there a difference between the two? Because like, can you be like a, a, a let's say a vada mind and a pitta body? Yes. For sure. You can. And so it's so important. That's why people go to Ayurvedic practitioners. When I first started, I was like, we should, you know, operationalize this. We should automate this. But you can't truly automate the the like texture and finesse of Ayurvedic practitioners because I when I sit down with people, sometimes they are one way mind, one way body. And they were that template at birth. That's their like OG original template. And now they're so vitiated. Like I always tell the story of once I had my kids, I felt like I was Tom Brady and I got dumped in the Sahara desert with no money and no cell phone. And someone was asking me to walk back to my original self. And it took years to like align to I'm a bitha and I'm a warrior and I'm meant to win in my work. So that misalignment, when you bring it back to wholeness is really powerful. I love that. And I only bring it up because I know I'm a pit of mind, pit of body. And it's like, you know, they have fieriness in all levels and whatnot. And it was one of the things where I, I love practicing fasting in, you know, in the health world and, and all about the importance of it. But then it, when I started looking at it, like I was kind of questioning things a little bit and I'm like, I don't know. And I started looking at Ayurvedic medicine and seeing what they say about fasting. And, and, and correct me if I'm wrong. It was saying like for someone who's a pitta, it's not good to put the fire out. You got to keep that fire going. And it's very yeah. crucial for overall health. Yeah. You know, I try every health fad. I'm like a, a closet biohacker. People call me all the time. They're like, what are you trying? I'm like, well, I tried this, this, and this, and nothing worked. And, and I just tried trying to fast. I tried yesterday and this week, putting myself into an eight-hour window. 
it threw me off so bad. I couldn't work yesterday. I got this headache. I was all over the place. And I thought to myself, I was like, what, what, what is this misalignment? And I think, you know, one thing is Mindy Pels, this author, I'm reading her book. She talks about fast, like a girl and how women have to look at our cycles. I think that's one piece. But what I love about Ayurveda is Ayurveda is always like, please don't go to the extremes. It's your body. Like, be gentle and be kind. We can't be crazy. And then when I go to the biohacking conferences, I'm always like, guys, like, you could have just walked in nature for an hour and accomplished a lot of what you're doing here with this tech. Like, Ayurveda literally says, circadian rhythm, go in nature. And we're we're being these crazy people buying, you know, and I, I, I succumb to it, too. I want all the tech, too. But, you know. I have like a, a laundry list of my wife laughs at me. I have an Excel sheet of all the tech that I eventually want to get to the yes. have. And she's just like, you know, I'm like, no, but I know nature is easier to do it. You know, just go out 10 minutes of sunshine every day, put your feet in the ground and ground yeah. myself, reset. Beautiful. Here we go. That kind of thing. Exactly. So I try to make that time in the evenings. I'm always like, let's go to the park. Let's move everyone. And I get my feet in the earth that way. Love that. So what has, you know, because I love how you brought it up that Ayurvedic, it, to me, when you were explaining it, it, sounds like it's something that brings us back in connecting with nature. Correct me if I'm wrong, but it, 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 is that kind of the, 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 the principle behind it? Absolutely. Ayurveda teaches us that nature is the queen of all things. Nature is mother earth. Nature heals all. And we are to live in symbiotic existence with nature. And what's interesting is modern day times has pushed us so far out of that. In modern day times, we're like, I don't have to sleep at that time. I don't have to wake up with the sun. I can do whatever I want. My whole life can be chemical and processed and industrialized. And so it's interesting to see the circling back towards ancient because it, it had to happen. There's there's too much death, disease and destruction now for us not to recognize that the current path isn't a good one. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, I think sometimes it's just part of that human nature because, like, if you look at it, um, <clears throat> excuse me, when you were coming bringing about the ancient looking back, it's like we're doing that in everything now. We're yeah. looking at ancient wisdom three to five thousand years ago, and we're going, "Hey, guess what? They had it right all this yeah. time. We we tried to step away from it and think we knew better, and now we're kind of going, yeah, the science has finally caught up and said no, they were right from the beginning.'" And I think that's happening in every element of life, especially when you're bringing up the Ayurvedic stuff, uh, when we look at these simple things to do to help. So let if you don't mind, I would love to ask some questions on like, so let's say we have someone who's listening and they're, they take your quiz and they're Avada. What yeah. are some of the things that they can do to help them stay more balanced? Sure. So Avada person tends to be anxious. They tend to be all over the place. Uh, the holidays probably drives them nuts, like by 10 X. Um, Cause I have a pretty Vata mind. So I have to like sit myself down and ground myself and, and remind myself all things are possible with planning. Um, a Pitta per I mean, a Vata person can tend to get like, here's what's funny about the Vata person. They eat like birds and they can just survive all day on water, tea, green juice. I ate some nuts. I ate some crackers and I'm fine. So the main homework to the Vata person is stop doing that. I need three square meals out of you. I need healthy fat in those meals. Eat half an avocado, please. And get in nature more purely for the grounding and do more grounding self-care. And once a vata does that, they get so centered and balanced and they feel so nourished and whole. I love balancing vatas. They're, they're the easy one out of the three. You're like, just eat your three square meals and get centered, guys. And their whole life changes from it. 
I, I know that 100% because my wife's a vada. So it's, I'm laughing here while you're saying this because it's so true. She can go through a whole day and be like, I didn't eat much. I mean, I picked on some things, but uh, I didn't, I didn't, you know, whatever. I'm like, honey, get, go, go make a fatty meal right now. Get some protein, get this in you, get some yeah. of that food in you. So <clears throat> that's why I love that. Um, but let's talk, let's talk about the crazy pitta. Cause I know that that's, that's so me on so many levels. I'd love to hear, hear more. Sure. So as a pitta, I'm having to like change my workouts, which drives me nuts. Cause I'm very like loyal to the way I work out and stuff. Bitha people have a tendency to overcook, overheat, overburn. Your body's going to tell you that you've hit your tipping point because you're going to be angry. You're going to be frustrated. You're going to be bitter in your mind and or you're going to get headaches or you're going to be so fatigued. And so literally you have to kind of look at yourself like a nuclear reactor. Like what is the total control I have to have to keep from exploding? Um, For me as a mom, I can tell when I walk in that like, Today's going to go so badly. So I just go straight to coconut water, yogurt, any food that has a sweet effect in the body. So um, that can be rice. Rice is cooling and sweet in the body. Um, Any beverage that soothes you and cools you down, peppermint, even peppermint tea that's not too hot, um, is your toolkit that you need to have on hand and ready to constantly cool and calm the system. What's interesting is sweet food is going to calm you down and make you less anxious. And I think that's why as society, we've become crazy sugar addicts. And so for a long time, I'd find myself in my pantry eating chocolate after I was fighting with my kids who would not listen to me. And then I was like, oh, pattern, pattern. We got to let go of this pattern. So pittas need to just recognize, hey, I'm about to explode. I'm just hangry or I'm about to explode ice water electrolytes. And that would probably change our whole life. Contrast is a natural part of life, but it doesn't have to hold you back. At Beyond the Contrast Practical Tools to Shift into Well-Being, you will learn from experienced speakers, including myself, Dr. Vic, who has successfully overcome their own contrasting experiences. They will share their wisdom and guide you on a journey that will empower you to navigate any contrasting experience and embrace a life you truly love. If you're ready for a transformative experience, join us on Beyond the Contrast Practical Tools to Shift into Well-Being. The event is online and it's free between January 29th and February 4th. You can go ahead and cl- click in the show notes to register today. It's so true because like it's funny um... – as of late, especially, I, someone was asking me like, when, yesterday I was having this conversation about nutrition, and the guy's like, "What's your favorite grain?" Because he knows I don't eat a lot of grains, but I do eat grains. And I was like, "You know, rice." He's like, "Rice out of all the grains." I'm like, "Yeah, there's just something about rice I really love. It's just, it's just, I, I love having it in a meal. It's just, I don't know, I don't know how to explain it." That's and look sweet. what you just said there. I'm like, "Yeah, that's why." <clears throat> yeah, it's very soothing, and and a lot of what Ayurveda is teaching us is get so intuitive. Like get intuitive with what you're eating and how it feels inside. So that's my main job is I teach women, usually they're over 40. And I'm like, guys, if we just understand how to leverage our dosha and leverage every lifestyle tool we have, we could have a completely different experience. So true. And you brought up something that I think is so critical because it is the intuition side, right? Yeah. Like everyone always asks, like, what's the best diet? What's this? And I always tell them, like, well, if you want my honest opinion, be in tune with your body and know. 
like just know like hey like i just said i ate rice i don't know why but it just this is what i i feel and this is what comes out and i'm like it works for me that's all i know yeah absolutely and then you the third dosha you were going to ask me is kapha so in kapha dosha the best way to balance is they've got to move in the morning like they've got to kapha's going to sleep in kapha's going to beat themselves up for sleeping in uh i have a sister who's kapha has kapha and so she's like, yeah, I could sleep till nine, 10. I stay up late. No, no. Guffa has to regiment, get some discipline in there, move that bedtime up a bit. When they finally do get up, they've got to exercise. They've got to move because they've got to move the energy of the body. And then once they do get your day done, once a Guffa sits down at the end of the day, I was a Guffa for years there. You're not getting up from the couch. So just forgive yourself now. Know that this is your nature. You're not lazy. You are just this nature. And this nature has a lot of other beautiful traits. And so you have to do a little more work for a stronger metabolism, stronger digestion. Um, but the template of guffa is going to stay guffa. You're going to stay big boned. Like sometimes I'll show pictures to the trainer at my gym. I'm like, can I look like that? He's like, if you took chainsaws to your hips. And I'm like, oh yeah, I'm a bit the body. Like I have to honor the shape I've been given. Um, and so that's just an awareness I like to create with guffas. I love that. I love how you brought that up too, because the fitness thing for me is I'm always like, I want to get shredded. I want to be like totally shredded to the bone, all this stuff. And, um, you know, my wife's like, you know, you're, you're very, you're just a big guy. Like that's yeah. just you. I'm like, yeah, but I'm like, I still want to get to this point. And, and even when I did, I got like down the 10% body fat. I still wasn't that. <laughs> and I left. Wow. I'm like, I got down all the way to here and I look great, but I'm like, yep, still don't look like that. And I realized it's just, that's just my body type. I have to accept it. And it's just what it is. You brought up another point that I, I would love to ask too, because it, you know, the kappas have to get up. They got to get moving. I always, I've always was taught like kappas are that they got that slower energy, right? And it's just, they have to work more to get it up and going. When it comes to a pitta and a vada, you're talking about workouts have to be a little different. I'm going to assume for a pitta, um, because I always like to go to the extreme in my work, everything, man, especially in my workouts. And I'm I'm curious, and I've I've done research on looking at Ayurvedic years ago about this. It, it shouldn't be as extreme. So, is there certain specific workouts for a pitta? And I know I'm asking for myself, but for others and for vada too, that they should focus more on uh, because of their dosha. Yeah, you know what's funny is your medicine is the thing you don't like. And so I did yoga teacher training and my own yoga teacher does yin. And I'm always like, Leslie, I cannot go to yin. I hate yin. When you teach yin, I just want to jump and run. She goes, that is your medicine. And I'm like, I hate this answer. So Vata wants to do like vinyasa flow, Bikram, sweat, run, move. He or she needs to sit her booty down and like walk, yoga, ground. Because they naturally have the motion energy. Bithas are going to want to like cross fit. Let's lift. Let's go. Let's hit. And we can. But I'm finding that each decade you have to like adjust to your body, which is really infuriating to me right now. So I'm like letting go of my hit workouts and moving into just lifting because I can't let go of lift. And then walking and yoga. It takes discipline because your pitta energy is just like, let's burn. And then Gaffa needs to do the opposite. They need to push a little more. So they probably need to go to like an orange theory or like any group class that'll push them, but don't go full out, like start slow, go to medium and probably hold at medium. Like don't burn the body at too much of a pace. I love that. And I think it's true, true. Cause in my experience, like five, six years, no, probably about six years ago now, that was one thing I was talking to one of my coaches and we're talking about working out. We're very big into it. 
And he's like, dude, walking is a workout. And I'm like, mm, no. <laughs> I don't know, man, that's a little. And he's like, <laughs> just add it in as a workout. I say, you know, I'm yeah. going to call that active recovery day. I can work with that. Exactly. But now it is. And what I've yeah. learned over time, and I love the decade thing, because it's definitely you have different demands you have to change to yes. every decade. And yeah. um, it's one of those things where now what I do that has worked for my energy levels, at least in my, because I can tell I'll get like very mentally fatigued out. And I'm just like, yeah. why is my energy low? And then I want sweets. Go funny right. you say that. But um, yeah. is is if I do those like real intense workouts only like two to three days a week. Yeah. And then I ease the rest. I can see my body shows like, hey, look, this we like this. Not as inflamed. And I'm, yeah. and I'm like, okay, I feel good. I feel thin. This is where I want to feel like. And that's it. And exactly. so it's that nice balance of working through it and, you know, over the years, letting my intuition guide me. But, you know, now you're now you're helping me, like, go back and remember, like, got to go pay attention to a little bit of the pit of stuff again, just to refresh my yeah. memory. Yeah. Cause like yesterday I fasted into my workout, did a leg day. I love leg day. I live for that day. Went full out, went heavy, got home, had my protein, had such a horrible headache. I was like, you overburnt. Like you should have like hydrated, eaten pre-workout. Like this all got mismanaged for your pitta self. And now you're going to have to fight this headache and you're going to do stupid stuff. Like it's just such an awareness. So then I was like, okay, how are we going to address this better? You want glued Saturday. What's the game plan? So we can constantly calibrate instead of like quitting things and saying, oh, that doesn't work. How about it needs to work to my dosha, to my season, with my sleep, with my life. And how do I accomplish my goals? Now it's so true. Cause like, even for me, cause I do legs twice, twice a week. And it's, it's my, I, I used to never do legs. I just sprinted and now I do legs. And, and one of the things my wife will notice is like, she goes, you're carving up a lot said, it's leg day tomorrow. I need to get as much reserves in me now because I know if I don't do this tomorrow, I'll feel that exhaustion feeling and yeah. I'll be tired. And then I get that. I don't get headaches, but I just, it's just, it's not like I, I should feel good after my workouts and feel energized. And sure. sometimes when I feel the opposite, I'm like, mm, I missed something along the yes. way. Exactly. Now, I love this. Um, I'm trying to think. So let we, we talked about for the body. Do you mind diving in a little bit about the mind and, and how people, when they find out their, their pit of mind, is it very similar stuff? Is it just grounding and that's it for, let's say, a vada? Or is there other things that they can do or utilize um, to help restore some balance and, and keep that balance going for themselves with the mind? You know, Mind is very much like we focus so much on body because we're attached to our physical appearance. What's so beautiful about Ayurveda is it's much more about our mind and spirit connection. Physical body, yes, it's a temple. Yes, we should honor it. Yes, we should take care of it. And so, yeah, I mean, Ayurveda speaks so much about how yoga is a sister science, meditation, pranayama, deep breathing. In Ayurveda, we teach that whatever you consume, that is becoming part of you. And so we teach that at night, can you read something spiritual or good? So you're nourishing the mind with good food before you go to sleep. And then you're waking up with your own mind, giving you good answers. So really holding discipline in who you surround yourself with, what you consume um, and building mindfulness practices. So many of the mindfulness practices right now are what Ayurveda would teach us. Journaling, gratitude journal and these kinds of things. Um, but truly what I have found, because I'm not a good meditator in the morning, I wish I was. If I just walk in nature, I can tune out the world. I don't podcast or listen to anything on the when I'm walking. I literally just say, 
I'm going to find five things in nature that are just stunning. And once I do that and I bring my awareness to nature, I'm like, dang, the flowers are stunning and the trees and I'm so lucky. And I live in Florida and this is, you know, like it's like a gratitude walking practice and motion I find helps process so much of our emotions. And if we can process our emotions, life is much better. So we have to figure out our best way to clear. For me, yoga and walking does it beautifully. Uh, For others, it might be Pilates. I know some people don't like yoga at all. But I think finding what balances your mind is key. I think walking and yoga is great for a vata. I think it's great for a pitta. Even a kapha, walking is phenomenal. Um, And so just allowing nature to heal you. Find more parks, find more places in nature. Build the rhythm into your life of walking or being in nature 10 minutes in the morning, 20, 30 minutes at night if you can. Um, Nowadays, when I get a phone call and I know they're going to talk a lot, I just start walking. I'm like, all right. I'm not sitting here to listen. If I'm not on a Zoom, I don't have to be seated. And so just building that habit of moving more because I think we've become so sedentary and thus we've become so stuck in our thoughts and our emotions. So true. But you know, one of the things is when you're when the way you're doing your walking, that is meditation. Yeah. I love it. When you're just taking that moment to pick out five things and you just be in the present moment with that, that that's a beautiful form of meditation. And that's something I had to learn years ago about like, Oh, I don't have to sit and meditate all the time. I can go and walk and just be in the moment of what's around me. And that's a meditation. Exactly. I love that. Um, I'm going to shift gears just a little bit. I wanted to make talk a little bit about, I know you have, you, you're very big in the in turmeric and I, yes. I love to dive quickly in, in, in for a few minutes on this, at least about sure. um, what, you know, you have, what you do, you have a product and so forth. And I want to just know a little bit about, you know, what is like the, the, the the basic benefits when someone can utilize turmeric in their life? Sure. So I did my master's in Ayurvedic sciences and my PhD dissertation was on turmeric because when I heard about all the benefits of it, I was like, we all need to be using this plant in our lives and I'm going to go discover how we can improve it. Um, But turmeric is such a powerful anti-inflammatory, antioxidant, antibacterial, antiviral, antifungal. It goes after, recently my study is more into longevity. So it helps with cellular senescence, autophagy, apoptosis, all these big words that basically mean when cells need to die and go off, curcumin helps us do that. And then when it comes to oxidation, which is part of what we're feeling when we're aging, curcumin not only like reduces oxidation that's happening, it goes after the things that are causing the oxidation. So it's a powerful preventer. And then where my area of research was most interesting was the anti-inflammatory aspect. So for me, every time I get hurt, I have to take NSAIDs and stuff for the pain. And I always thought, why am I taking something that gives me the side effect of stomach aches? And so that's what led me to creating my line of supplements. Because I was like, if turmeric could be so effective, I wonder if I could convince all of chiropractic, orthopedics, and Western medicine to use this as a natural alternative or an adjunct solution. Like offer your solution, offer this, and maybe the patient can come off the other one sooner. And then they're holding a natural solution that goes after the root cause. And so what most people don't know is out of the turmeric plant that we're all sprinkling on our chicken or drinking in lattes, only 3% of the curcuminoids. And so if you're not taking the curcuminoids or the one curcumin, which is the most effective at reducing inflammation, you're not getting the therapeutic benefit that you might want. And that's why like some companies, they will always, like I've seen before, like this is 27, 27 times stronger than, you know, XYZ, because you shared that one part piece about 
it's only 3% when you take turmeric compared right. to an extract where you can get it more concentrated of the curcumins, which is the magic power right there alone. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So my, I set out on this journey about eight years ago and my goal was, I just want to convince all of orthopedics. I kind of picked the hardest door. So since I've learned that talking to everyone who already gets it is easier. So now I talk to chiropractic, functional medicine, all the people who are like, of course, we should all be taking turmeric. So my life's gotten easier, but my heart is still into proving. And I have proven we can cut opioid use down. We can cut our NSAID use. Like we can help with chronic joint pain, people who are losing function in their hands, whose backs, everything's hurting. We can keep them pain-free naturally. And so that's been my biggest dream is getting that out there. No, totally. And I mean, especially with, you know, as a chiropractor myself, it's one of the things where if we can get the inflammation down, then we can focus more on the healing and correcting better. Because when the body has pain, it fires different things in the nervous system that doesn't allow us to heal as well. And when we can do things like that, I mean, there's even just, I mean, I don't know if you use it for this. I know I take turmeric for brain health. I mean, it's just, or for brain health because of just the studies that are coming out that are crazy for longevity and um, all the stuff that it does there. And I know you probably know that better than me, but it was like, I'm like, yeah, this is why besides the inflammation stuff, which is great. I'm like, no, I'm big in the brain. How can I keep this thing as young as possible? True. Yeah. They're saying for uh, neurocognitive degeneration, for stopping amyloid plaques from forming in the brain. Um, I just read so much science in the last couple of weeks. It's even good for plastic surgery, for wound healing. I spoke at a wound healing conference. Um, I'm speaking at a college of surgeons, international college of surgeons conference. I'm going to pull it across all surgical specialties to me personally. I need an, an immune system that works. And with kids who keep getting the colds and all the things I'm like, I just, I I have my defensive system in place and that's why I take my turmeric. I love it. So real quick, uh, how can people find you, find your product, find what you're doing with Ayurvedic, all that, your whole world. Sure. So my main website is shivanigupta.com, S-H-I-V-A-N-I-G-U-P-T-A. So that's where the dosha quiz is. I have a seven-day inflammation challenge. My podcast is there. Everything's there. And then my supplement company is fusionaryformulas.com. That's F-U-S-I-O-N-A-R-Y. And I made you a special code, Dr. Vic, which will give your listeners 15% off. Um, And then we're on Instagram and social and, and all those things. I love teaching on this topic. So we're online on all the social channels. For all the listeners, I make sure I'll have all that good stuff in the show notes for you guys. Um, Shivani, this was awesome. I appreciate you for all that you're doing. I think Ayurvedic is, like I said earlier, is is something that is needed, right? 5,000 years. They're doing something, right? They know something, right? And so it's one of those things that we as humanity are so imbalanced and, and disconnected from nature and many other things that this is one of those tools that can really bring us back. And I'm glad you're doing the work that you're doing and so much more. So thanks for taking time to join us here on the mindful experiment. Awesome. Thanks for having me. And that's it until next time. Y'all have a good one. And this year in 2024, Enter into a state of alignment, flow, and fulfillment. At Beyond the Contrast, practical tools to shift into well-being, over 50 personal development luminaries, including myself, will show you how to navigate any contrasting experience, empower you to live the life you love, even when faced with unwanted circumstances. Save the date. This is going to be something that's going to be unforgettable an event. It's online, and it's absolutely free. It's between January 29th and February 4th. Click 
the link in the show notes right at the top to register today. Thanks for tuning into the podcast. If you found this episode to be inspirational, pay it forward by sharing it with someone that you know can benefit from this. If this is your first time tuning in, please follow us, connect with us so you don't miss another amazing episode. And until next time, keep rocking and rolling.